A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the No Ratings Podcast. Oh my God, what a roster we've got for you. We've also got a, a debut on our hands as well. And we're going to obviously talk about Erling Haaland, which is where the Oh My God came from, because what we've just witnessed has been absurd. But before all of that, let's talk to our guests. Amir is joining us, Baines, and our debutant is Jad. Uh, and I've just told him he didn't have any prep time. But uh, because you're new on the pod, you've got to tell us a fun fact about, about yourself before we say hi or anything like that. Give us your fun fact. All right. So I just had to think of it quickly. You gave me about 30 seconds. So I'll make it football related. But I've met a lot of footballers. And I think the most interesting one would be Kaka, who I said is at the back of my top. It is actually, I don't know if I could turn around. It is a signed top. Rate it. So Next. it was hung up on the wall, but I put it on just for this. So... I really don't. That's a good impression. I do. I do want to know though if any of you lot have met any big footballers. I'm interested. I mean, I'm going to make you very jealous now because. Oh no! You... Don't please don't. I'm about to flex, bro. bro. <laughs> oh, let's go. Oh no! No no. Um, yeah, I'm guessing Kaka. Kaka. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll send you the video. In fact, actually. Um, you know the producer Sakib. Sakib, can you just send a WhatsApp message of the video of me assisting Kaka in a real life game to Jad? Oh, and then, uh, no. oh yeah, no! Sorry, bro. And it was a oh, no look no. assist. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was actually <laughs> so nice. Oh no! Uh, hey, listen, I got a bit. You know, I, I can play a bit. You know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I rate it. I rate it. You, you, I think you received the video. There, there's that video. You give that a watch, and um, <sighs> we'll get your live reaction to this on the pod. Only because it's so sweet for me, you know. I guess. I might reload it as well, you know. I might actually reload. Hey, it. listen, it's worth a reload. I'm, I'm going to reload it as well. I've watched it about a thousand times over. Yes, oh my! Touch He's got to touch this kid. He can play. <laughs> Bro, even just the uh, the first screen of you and Kaka celebrating. 
Come on, bro. Bro, I'm jealous. That Double no really look cool. as well. Woo! Oh, the thumbnail is amazing. The way it started, that's amazing. Yeah, good times. Um, for those of you, that was clean. Yeah, come on, bro. The no two, double no look. It was absolutely necessary. And Kakas finishes all right as well for an ex pro. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> um, for those of you at home who've not seen that assist, uh, head over to my Instagram, RamboFI, and uh, it's the first pinned video because, like, come on, at what time in your life are you going to get to assist one of the greatest footballers ever? Um, from one great footballer to another, Harry Kane uh, was last week's icebreaker, and this was the question, and uh, I'll read out a few of the responses. What would Harry Kane prefer as a greater achievement? To be the all-time Premier League highest goal scorer or to win a trophy, which I think we specified to be the FA Cup and finish second on the goal scorers list. Just very quickly, uh, Baines, what would you say would be a better achievement for Harry Kane? Finishing top. An FA Cup, does it really matter that much for him? I'd rather I mean, be known as the greatest ever Premier League goal scorer, personally. Chad? I think it's easily winning a trophy. I think uh, football without any success in that sense doesn't really make any like sense to me. So all these goals doesn't really matter. To be fair, I did watch the podcast you guys did, the YouTube video, sorry, with Hussein, where he didn't put Alan Shearer in his top 10. And the fact that a lot of people put him there because of the goals he scored, I don't really look at it like that. So I don't think Kane being the top scorer would do him any justice. He has to win something at least. Amir? I don't know, you know. I, I, well, I think when we look back on players, you're more likely going to look at a like the, the number one scorer more favourably and, and more memorably over a longer period of time than somebody who's second with an FA Cup. I think if you raise the stakes to a Premier League or a Champions League, you always put that over... Um, sort of individual accolades, but I think finishing top spot, and I, and I don't know if anybody actually. Well, we'll speak about Haaland in a little bit, but like it'll be really difficult for somebody to surpass that volume of goals. You'd have to stay in the league for such a ridiculous amount of time. I think being the all-time top Premier League goal scorer edges out a little bit. I, I would prefer that as a greater achievement. Really depends how much he loves Spurs, though, as well. Isn't it? Like, if he finishes career and Spurs don't win anything with him as their focal point, you kind of go, "Well, it's going to take them a long time to win something if they can't win it with him there." Um, this tr this tweet is great, by the way. This is from an Arsenal fan. Uh, he said, "Being able to call yourself the highest ever Premier League scorer is better than winning three Prems, let alone one trophy." But he finishes the tweet off. I'm going to have to blur the, uh, bleep this out. Kane, though. <laughs> um, generally speaking I think a lot of people are saying top scorer is much better but also people are saying this is great to be actually this is from um, oh this is from the TikTok guy Tiki Toka mate the one who got really famous after the Pogba thing um, I think if Kane was worth oh, it's terribly worded I think if Kane were to be all time record goal scorer with no team trophy it would act as a harsh reminder uh, that he should have moved on being a great player and deserved to play in a side that did win them uh, that did win. What is this English man? We did win with him at the crook. Great legacy at Spurs and all. Oh, oh my God! This is basically what is, it is so we, we terribly worded. We have to translate the tweet. Yeah, yeah. It's it's horrifically. This don't deserve four four likes, man. If I could dislike this, I would. Um, it's horrifically worded, but he's essentially saying that it'd just be a harsh reminder for him. Maybe in the same vein, you have someone like Steven Gerrard, 
one of, one of the best midfielders in the Premier League, but people always say he didn't win a Premier League trophy and therefore he's not one of the best uh, midfielders. But we could talk about this for absolutely days. Um, a man that I really want to talk about on this pod is Erling Haaland. We haven't awesome. given him that much of a mention on the pod. Manchester City 6. Six Manchester United three. Shout out Anthony Martial. He's giving United fans false Nabi, hope Nabi, all over again. Sorry, Nabi, what was the score again? I believe it was six. Yeah. Six three. <laughs> That's more than five. Yeah, one more than five. One, one above. Than... Yeah, Seven. one less than the other. Oh my! Mm, yeah, nice. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Not Music. bad. It shouldn't. I should have actually been six one, but City started playing left backs in oh, centre mid and all the rest of it. It's just. <laughs> It was bizarre. But let's talk about Erling Haaland before we talk about the game. Amir, before we hopped on here, you said Erling Haaland will score 50 this season. Subject to certain conditions, but I, I, I think if Erling Haaland plays around 2,700 minutes, which is like 30 90s, uh, 34-90s, I would say Erling Haaland hits around about 50. I would be disappointed if he doesn't hit 50, given the current trajectory. And it depends on a couple of things. It depends on, obviously, Haaland staying fit and not having his rhythm disrupted. And it also depends on someone like De Bruyne staying fit because the team, uh, City as a whole, don't work as, as fluidly to create chances for Haaland and, and utilise his movement and his finishing without someone like De Bruyne or, or Foden. If City can generally keep that team that we're seeing now in place throughout the season uh, for 29, 30 games, I would be disappointed if he doesn't hit 50, which sounds ridiculous, but I think, honestly, he has the quality to do it and this side is the best side for him or for anybody to try and achieve uh, that crazy feat. Are you saying 50 league goals or 50 goals all comps? As mad as it sounds, I think 50 league goals is possible. All right, I didn't expect that. That's crazy. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> do, wait, do you know how crazy 50 league goals is? But do you know how cra- He scored three hat-tricks in the league back to back to back. The The closest player to score three hat-tricks did it in, I think, 48 games. He's done it in 14. And if you just take the last three, he's done it in three games, really. But he's done it in his first eight games in the Premier League. And he's facilitated by Phil Foden, who's one of the greatest young English talents that we've seen, and Kevin De Bruyne, who's arguably the greatest Premier League midfielder. Arguably. Like, you'd put him top two or three. And I don't think it's questionable Mm. at all. So when you have a team, and they're managed by Pep Guardiola, who has shout for greatest manager of all time. Like, it depends on fitness. It It depends on, like, sort of as long as they don't get tired and the team's still functioning and things like that. But... If all of those, and it is a big if, but if all of those things still work throughout the season, Erling Haaland can keep up this form. This form is not anomalous. It's not like he's doing something that we don't expect of him. He's performing in a way that we do expect. Every game, when he scores these two or three goals, he's scoring chances that he should be converting given his quality. So as mad as it sounds, I think 50 in the league is not off the cards. No I do disagree. I do think it's crazy for the league. Um, I was going to agree with all comps. Um, one thing I would agree with is I think it's very important that KDB stays fit. 
Yeah. Uh, especially after today. I mean, the way they were combining together. Foden as well, of course. But KDB, I mean, I think it was the assist for the second or third goal where he that slid in and he's got the... Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's just something like only like a few players in the world can do. And Haaland is one of those players that is going to get on to the end of it as well. So if they are able to both stay fit, I think he's able to score a lot of goals this season. 50 in the league, though, I think the most ever is like 31. 32, 30. I think, yeah. 32 in a 38-game season, which would yeah. mean he'd break the record by 18 goals. 100%, yeah. Like, I don't <laughs> I don't see that happening. But, I mean, he's scored, I think, it's 15 so far already, and it's only October? How he's much only has he scored eight so games. Far? He's only played eight games. 14 in eight games. 14, 14 league goals in eight games. 14 in, yeah, and it's, and it's only October. So, I mean, if you calculate it that way, I kind of get what he's saying, but it's so difficult over, like, a 38-game season and... He needs 36 you need goals so much in 30 stuff. remaining games. I think the question should be, how do you stop Hart then? Like, how do we make sure that like, he don't continue with his goal? Really? Impossible. I don't know, man. Like You watch United try and do it today and it didn't work. He scored three and <laughs> no, got two assists. That, the thing is, I, says, I, think, I think Erling Haaland's weakness is he's heading a billion, then he scored a header against us. Like, the pace and power side <laughs> of it, he has... Like he's clean, like how clinical he's in front of goal is an absolute joke. So I don't know how you stop him. Like no, it's true. It's true. I think I think people keep trying to come up with ways to stop him, but it's just impossible. Like they keep trying to say, all right, he can't header. Then he'll header. Then they'll say his position position is bad, and then it just gets amazing. Like they thought him coming from the Bundesliga was going to change anything because of well, the high line they uh, yeah. like, yeah, that they play over there. But then it doesn't me- mean anything with this Man City squad as well. He's just going to keep scoring goals. Like it's, it's scary. I I don't know how he's going to stop either because Man United have been playing well over the last five games as well. I did expect them to actually get a result because it's at the Etihad and they perform well there to be honest in the last few years. But this, he's I like actually, a robot, honestly. I actually read. So you were mentioning a little bit about. You think he has a weakness and then suddenly he develops it and it's not a weakness anymore. I actually read an article written by sort of one of the reliable journalists for Man City and he said that Erling Haaland's like relentlessly working on his weak foot now because oh that's like God. one of the only weaknesses he sees to his game. If, if he gets a right foot and a reliable right foot, it's finished. I think 50 goals is light for, for a player who can run in behind, who can hold up play, he can shoot with both feet, who's six foot four or five, who's lightning quick. He's... He's like an alien footballer. Um, and obviously, like... The thing is, like, it genuinely feels like his father created a monster out of bad blood towards football. <laughs> um, and, and now we're, like, seeing it in reality. Like, when his dad his dad was celebrating his third goal against United, like, he really did take something personally from that Roy Keane situation. And I was yeah. like, you, when you've got that pent-up in you and you build basically Ivan Drago, but for football... Um, <laughs> You're like, like Bain said, how do you stop it? I mean, shout out Bournemouth. I just want to say Bournemouth did actually stop him. He only got an assist that game and he blanked yeah. in that game. But that was by pure fluke. There was no there was no method to the madness. Um, just very quickly, Baines, how many goals do you think he will score this season in the league? See, this is a tough one. Because I've always said this, surely Haaland gets in an injury or something. And I'm like, see, you can like seriously maintaining his injury supposed bad injury record well I think he will I think he has to get that 44 because I think City are my favourites for the Champions League I think they win the Champions League surely towards the end of the season you rest Ireland with certain games that's a good point actually that's a good point mm. 
Hey, you don't get another say, man. You said 50. Do you have what you're saying? <laughs> I think 50 would be under selling it. When you get 60, we'll clip this. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I think he'll I think he'll break the record 100%. Um, whether he gets above 40, I'm not sure. Like you said, the Champions League games as well, and resting him and stuff, that is a very good point. And they've got Julian Alvarez on the bench who can do more than a, like, a good Such job a good as well for them. He's so, he's so good. Um, so, yeah, I think about... And maybe he breaks the 40, he might around 41, 40, yeah, just around 40, to be honest. I mean, to level the record, he needs 18 and 30 league games. Like, I've actually, now that I'm putting the numbers together, yeah, like, I'm putting the numbers together, I'm going, actually, like, he can blank for 12 games, and that's bare, That's us saying he won't score another hat-trick, which he definitely will get a few few more hat-tricks. Yeah. If he gets two more so hat-tricks, he, then how many is that? Is, is he on So two more hat-tricks would be 20 goals in 10 games. Yeah, so then, I'm not wrong. Yeah, so then in 28 games he'll need 18 or something like that. Oh no, he'll need 12 in in the remaining 28 games. If he gets a couple of hat tricks, we're looking at essentially a goal every two games, which he's doing easily at the moment. And that's disappointing by Haaland's standard if he's if he's getting a goal every two games. Yeah, I think the hope for the rest of the Premier League, or certainly for Salah and the people who don't want their records broken, is that this is City in a purple patch. And at some point, his purple patch will slow down, as City's will. And therefore... Actually, when... so I was going to say, I actually think we're not playing to our best uh, ability. I don't think City yeah, are playing I agree. to our best I agree. ability. Yeah. But and I mean, in... results-wise, you're in a purple patch. Yes. Yeah, so, I, I would say that's I think... fair, yeah. Quite often, what I've, what I've found with City over the last few years is more often than not, when you actually play your absolute best is when you actually drop points. Um, I'm thinking to Southampton the last couple of seasons where you're really full of zip and you're really full of flair and you're really on it. You often drop points in them games. Um, I don't yeah. know what the science behind that is. It's just something I'm saying from the eye retina and no stats included. Well, I, um, I think you, that usually happens during like a really busy period. So like mm. when we have like a game every three days and then you're more likely to just have one off day when you're resting a player or you're, you're switching a, a side around a little bit. I think Haaland's the kind of player who's he's relentless in his mentality. Like he's not a player who will bag mm. one or two and then want to rest. He he wants to keep going. He has, he has this like addiction for goals in a way like Cristiano Ronaldo does. Um, and, and, have you been surprised by how much, how, how much Haaland's played so far? Because he started every single Premier League game and every single Champions League game, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. The thing is, I'm not surprised at the moment just because there's not sort of the fixture overload that, that we're used to sort of in, in winter and things like that. Um, and the fact is, Pep Guardiola's substituted him a lot sort of around the 70th, around the 80th, around the 65th, things like that. So in that sense, you want a player like Haaland to keep playing, keep firing, keeping him in rhythm like that is basically the key to City succeeding in all the competitions this season um, and he's a guy who's so addicted to goals like he wouldn't take kindly to sort of being dropped I think this is the best way to manage it basically let him get his first off hat trick and then sub him off at 65th yeah scary bro scary yeah. that the best way to manage him is let him let him score free by 45 <laughs> and then sub him off um, yeah. you mentioned uh, Cristiano Ronaldo there so Baines I'm going to come to you Ronaldo didn't get on today where do you stand with this Ronaldo situation? Because five subs in a game you've practically lost already. Surely you give him some minutes. Eric Tenard came out and said he was out of respect for Cristiano Ronaldo's career. 
That's yeah, that's, so, what does that even bro? mean, bro? Like, <laughs> I think he's basically. Like, he I think he's saying like he doesn't want like a guy of Ronaldo's stature and, and legend at this point in his career to just run around at six, three down or whatever. But my man's treating him like he's an OAP. Like, he's I don't know if he's Ronaldo, wrong, he I don't know if he's wrong for that at the moment. Because but, Martial, no, Martial was right. I think the way I saw it, I, I think Eric Tenard was just speaking positively, positively to him, like positively about Ronaldo to the press. But I, I genuinely just do, I do think that he thinks Martial was better when he came on. Would have affected the game, and he clearly did. He got two goals. I don't disagree with that, but at the same time, going um, the game is pretty much done, and you're already having a riffraff with Ronaldo. The more you riffraff with Ronaldo, the worse it's going to get. I'll be honest. The- I think. Ronaldo personally has accepted that role at United. I don't know like the being I don't a bench, think but I think at all. I don't, I don't think he'll be necessarily happy, but I think he has accepted that role. For the last couple of games, when he has come on, he has made a positive impact in the Premier League. Europa League games when he started, he hasn't been the best to be fair, even though I think he did get a goal last time against Sheriff. I, I heard that in so I didn't watch that game, but I heard in that game he had like a really, really poor performance. Um Yeah, he, he stumbled yeah, myself. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I think Ronaldo kind of just needs to. I think he has humbled himself into knowing what I am right now. Chad, you said you don't agree. I'm keen to hear why you don't agree. So, just to be clear, was you saying that Ronaldo's accepted it? Like that's what he's become, the bench player. That's what you're saying. Accept, like, I'm not saying he's going to be happy, but I'm just saying like he probably knows in himself that he can't be starting week in week out for Manchester United right now. Um, I mean, I agree with that to a certain extent but I think just Ronaldo's persona he's always been the same way as well like, I don't think he's happy yeah. with being on the bench and I think he mm. I still think in himself he feels like he should be on the pitch mm. like yeah, I agree. you can you can watch it and see that all right some people might say all right look at him he's finished he's finished he's finished but I don't think he'll ever think that to himself just like Zlatan I think Zlatan has the same <laughs> mentality as a Milan fan as well like Sometimes I watch him play and I'm like, all right, bro, maybe it's time to like give hmm. it up. But he, he's not that type of player. And I think Ronaldo is like very, very similar in that sense. The fact is, they so people like Cristiano have gotten to where they are in the game because of this mentality. Like they've achieved so much in the game. They've they basically reached the pinnacle, um, however many Ballon d'Ors and, and all the, the records that they've broken by thinking, I'm this good, I can still do it. And even last season where... In some of the games, I didn't think that his performance matched the goal tally that he had in the league. He mm. was still hitting the numbers that put him alongside some of the other great strikers in the league. Um, so in and of himself, he must still be thinking, I'm Cristiano Ronaldo. I've done all these great things. I don't think that I should be on the bench for um, for whoever um, is this many years younger than me who haven't who hasn't achieved this amount of success that I've achieved and who didn't score or wouldn't be able to score the amount of goals that I did last season. So I think in that way, like Cristiano Ronaldo, I don't. I, th- I think he's very reluctantly sitting on the bench. He wanted a move in summer. I think that was fairly obvious. Um, and in that way, like if a club came in and sort of offered him the money and played him in the Champions League, he would have left. He, he wants to be starting in the Champions League. That's the quality and that's the level that he sees himself at. So maybe he's not sort of kicking up a fuss at the moment. And to be fair, I respect that side of it, but... I don't. I could never imagine a situation where Ronaldo sort of said, "Okay, I think, I will be a bench player." 
I think right now before the Man City game, everything was just rosy at United. We had yeah, exactly. Four games in a row. You can't really complain. I think I think we've got Everton next in the league. Say that game doesn't go well, then I will probably be, start hearing murmurs about. <laughs> <laughs> then you probably start hearing murmurs about oh, Ronaldo's not happy being on the bench and stuff. The yeah. thing is about Ronaldo, right? Like he, he is a master at PR. The Zlatan example is amazing. Like Zlatan's PR is outrageously good. Like in my, from my perspective anyway, uh, Milan fans don't hate the guy, even though he has played horrifically at times, but he will score an overhead kick and you forgive him immediately. Exactly. Ronaldo's PR <laughs> is so perfect that Ronaldo's not going to pipe up after four games when you're winning and go, ah, I'm not enjoying it here. He's essentially waiting for the ticking time bomb to explode. And then when it does... That will be that because if, if in this period he goes before the city game, I'm not feeling it here, I'm on the bench, I should be starting. Fans are gonna be going, mate, we're winning, we don't need you, and blah blah. Immediately after the game today, people are going, Sancho looks like he's had a KFC bargain bucket or whatever it was. Was the, the tweet I saw, we need we, combos on Sancho, though. Oh, we do, bro. I'm, I'm ready for the, the Sancho conversation. I, I don't know if we've got time today, maybe we've got a few minutes for Sancho. Um, I think Ame is a big fan actually, but I think there's Ooh, at I the moment people are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! I thought it was. I thought I had a feeling. I thought I'd seen a tweet, but clearly not. No. Um, but someone said like Sancho looks like he's had a KFC bargain bucket. The, the 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 sort of like panic at United will happen very quickly, and I think that's when Ronaldo's PR kicks in. That's when the story about him not enjoying it on the bench. For now, Ronaldo's got to bite his lip um, yeah. and firm it. But you mentioned Sancho very quickly whilst we're talking City United. You want a conversation about Sancho. So, Baines, I'm going to let you lead this conversation because I don't want to lead it in the direction that I feel it, it probably will end up going. So, so frustrating. Like I said it, with the signing of Anthony, we have two very similar wingers in their way in terms of they both want the ball to feet. Sancho today was perfect. Like, we associate Sancho with ball retention, couldn't keep, the, couldn't keep hold of the ball, couldn't take a man on. Defensively, he had to help out a lot more. And I'm just like, this is season two now with Sancho. Like, we can't use all these excuses because let's be honest his first what 13 14 months haven't been better than Nicholas Pepe's at Arsenal for example mm. but Sancho in this United fan base is very very protected and listen today clearly wasn't a game for Sancho I, I've always said it, you're playing a transitional game I'm not Alanga's biggest fan but I think Alanga's with, with his that pace and power and directness probably offers more with Antonio on the other side in my, in my personal opinion and I'm just looking at Sancho now I'm like my personal opinion is I don't think he gets into United's best team right now. Mm. I think once everyone's fit, it has to be Marshall up top. It has to be Rashford on the left because he's probably the only real goal-scoring winger we have. And then obviously Anthony has to be on the right because that's Tenog's signing. But it's frustrating watching Jaden Sancho. I think someone tweeted today like he plays like he don't want to get his shoes creased. <laughs> and I think that is spot on with Jaden Sancho. Like, always, cool. Other than today, we normally get a five out of ten performance with Sancho. Nothing special, but he'll keep the ball well. His compulsion in front of goal, I'll give it to very, very good. But the rest of it, you want more, just not getting it right now. You know, I, I, I will say, like, Sancho at Dortmund, he did thrive in sort of transitional parts of the game. I think the Bundesliga does give you that high line to attack. And he was good in those scenarios. I think at the beginning of the game, there was a chance where United win the ball relatively high against City. And instead of going direct and going and playing vertically through, because um, Ten Hag likes winning the ball high and then just playing one or two or three passes and just getting in behind and attacking and, and scoring in these sort of counter-attacking, counter-pressing situations like Klopp has done at Liverpool. I think 
Ten Hag specifically mentioned that post-match. He said something like, I'll show these players clips tomorrow about the game and situations where we could have scored or where we had the chance to score and we didn't play uh, sort of direct enough or we didn't play vertical enough. And I think he was talking to a point of Sancho getting the ball in those situations. And instead of driving forward and releasing, uh, I think it was Rashford in behind to score, he, he I think he slowed it down and passed it to the side. Mm. And I think Sancho's playing in a way where he's, I don't know, he's restricting himself and he's, I, th- I think it's more of a, like a mentality issue rather than an actual quality issue. He he doesn't want to make the risky pass. He's not thinking as quickly and he hasn't built up that relationship with the players around him. At Dortmund, he played free. There, was, there wasn't that scrutiny that he has in England and he was able to just sort of express himself. I think he does have quality. I don't know if he has quality as a, sort of out-and-out out winger to beat his man and, and sort of dribble past his, his uh, the, the opposition in that way. But if he has separation between his player, if he has a chance to play the pass or link with players close by, he does have quality. I just think right now, he's not the sort of player that, that should be starting given who he's uh, competing with for position. I think we saw it in glimpses in pre-season at start when there was a lot more combinations for Sancho to play off and he looked very, very good. Another problem I have with Sancho, after 60 minutes dead, like yeah. he, he just don't have the legs and Tenor clearly sees it because he literally subs him off every single time. I, I don't know what it is with Sancho in terms of that aspect, but I think even at Borussia Dortmund, he normally started the seasons very, very slow. Mm. After December, he normally k- kicked on. But My, my thing with Sancho is the more I watch him, the more I'm sat thinking, what, what, what is your purpose? Like, if you're not a winger that's going to create, because initially it was um, United will use him as a winger that comes inside and creates opportunities. If you're not that guy, if you're not a winger who's going to beat your fullback, which he doesn't do, um, and if you're not explosive like traditional wingers, then what are you? Uh, And every time I watch him, I'm like, there's a lot of moments like Ten Hag referred to where he's picking the ball up in transition, and instead of essentially turning and going at your fullback, um, he's decided to drop it off to... Malassia and then hide, like hide behind the fullback to get the ball back. That's my thing with him. He's technically really good in possession, but a lot of times against City, he was kind of going like, I actually don't want to be involved in the game, which is never a good sign for a winger because you saw City's wingers, even the ones that came off the bench, they constantly want the ball. I mean, we haven't mentioned Jack Grealish and I, I'm not his biggest fan, but he was unbelievable today. Um mm. He wanted the ball constantly. He was running at Dallow and I've said for weeks on end, Malassia and Dallow, are not top-end fullbacks. They, it's felt that way because United are in a good moment, but Dallow's clumsy. He's better than what he was, but he's clumsy. He's too rash. is the same. I know, obviously, Baines, you love Malassia, but I think Malassia got exposed against Arsenal and got really lucky that you won that game, and so no one talked about it. And then today, got exposed again by Foden. Um, so I think there's lots of things, but when I look at Sancho, I'll just go, but you're the 70-plus million pound signing and you didn't do anything on a game when your team really needed it. And then you've got Bruno who's just shooting every single time he had the ball. <laughs> Literally, yeah, like... The ball's on fire when he gets the ball. Like, every single time, just hoof ball, hoof ball. Yeah, like, sometimes you just have to relax, slow the tempo down. He's yeah. not going to. He's not going to. He reminds me of Hakan uh, Chananoglu when he was at Milan. He's I've, made, just comp- gets I've made that comparison so many times. Yeah, they look a bit similar as well. I don't know if yeah, I'm really left looking by saying yeah, that. They do, they do. They do Isn't look it? quite similar, yeah. to be honest. It's funny. But literally, he's come from the Bundesliga as well, um, Hakan. But he reminds me so much of Bruno. Like He just gets the ball and the first thing is goal, but it never goes in. It's so <laughs> rare. Obviously, Bruno did score a lot. 
when he first yeah, joined. But now it's yeah. becoming it's becoming a joke now. Like I don't I don't know, man. I don't. And to put sorry, just to add my point on Sancho, um, it's become a pattern with um United. To be fair, a lot of the times when you guys spend the big money, I'm not worried. It's that like mm. when you spend 80 million, 70 million, I'm like, that player's not going to do well. I don't know what it is. It's when you guys get gassed, I'm like, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm gassed as well. Yeah, I know this is not going to work out. I want United to make them big signings as well. I'm with the United fans. I'm Literally. saying, please make the signings. Yeah. Every time you sign Actually, a player I'm, for I'm a lot of money. I, said, sorry. <laughs> um, I think every time you lot sign a player, there's a immediate feeling of like, it's game over for him. Because if he doesn't cook within the first few weeks, like Anthony has, to be fair, uh, and yeah. you go, yeah, he'll be... Well, mm-hmm. I actually don't think he's cooking. I think his final product in okay. both games, the Arsenal one, he got a, a momentary chance, and this one, he smashed one in a, in a dead rubber game. I want to see him in situations where it's a tight game, where it's 1-1 and you're asking him to pull his finger out, because I don't actually think he played that well today. I, I, think, he was poor. I actually thought yeah, like, I think I actually, would, but, but I don't think he's a bagsman. I, I, I'm not expecting output from him, but when he gets the ball... I don't know. I think this was the first game where I properly looked at Anthony and, and watched him a bit closely. I really like the way he, he receives the ball. He keeps it in these tight spaces. And obviously, sometimes, I mean, people are making comparisons between him and Sancho. I don't think they're very similar in that. Obviously, they're both sort of indirect wingers and, and they don't play to directly sort of get the get the goals or, or play in and around the box. But I really like Anthony. I thought he's really sharp on the ball. He makes things happen. He draws players towards him and it frees space for players around him. Like he looks like he's making something happen when he does get the ball. Um, even if it's not directly for or towards the goal. With Sancho, it just looks like when he the ball goes towards his side, things slow down and it becomes easy for teams to deal with. When Anthony had the ball, though, I did think, oh, there's something there, it's a bit dangerous. And I'm, I assume that sort of feeling. Uh, transmits throughout opposition defenders and midfielders around him. So, I mean, it's admittedly still early on and you would want one of your wingers to chip in with goals as well. But I think if you have Rashford on the other side and Anthony on on the right wing, I I do think that's a nice pairing. Yeah, I mean, Anthony, to be fair, is a lot more than Sancho. Like when he gets the ball, I can see him trying to take on the defender straight away and to make something happen. The yeah. only thing with Anthony is he could be one of those frustrating players. That I think if you remember watching Arsenal when they first signed Pepe, when he would take a player on, but then he would do a bit too much and you just want him to go towards goal. I think Anthony is a very similar player and he did that at Ajax. So he didn't get a lot of goals and assists, but he was one of them players that just did a bit too much. But comparing to Sancho, he does like to take the player on. I think Sancho kind of shies away from it. Mm. Uh, but I do agree. I think Rashford on the left and Anthony on the right is a perfect um, starting for United. I think um, another member that I really want to talk about this weekend, Sancho and Anthony were not in the diary to talk about, but uh, <laughs> a man who's been talked about by everyone is uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, Gareth Southgate earlier in the week said Trippier's got a better all-round game compared to Trent. I personally... Actually, you were asking about players I've met. I actually had a shoot with him the day after Southgate said that. Oh, wow. um, and uh, he, to be fair, he was chilled as he always is. But, he, I mean, he, people forget he's 23 years old. You, you, he should be playing at the World Cup, regardless of whether you think he's England's best right back or not. He's generational. Um, and he's probably not going to get a look in because a guy who's played at Atletico Madrid who can play left wing back, right wing back, is probably going to get the look in. I feel for him in that sense. But then in terms of that performance, 
Um, Jad, where does that leave you in terms of your thinking on Trent? I don't actually know what you think of him. You might think Trent isn't generational. Um, I've always had mixed opinions on Trent. I started hating on him because I'm a hater. So <laughs> I, start, I started I hating on him. And then, I, and, then, <laughs> and then I'd watch him play and I'm like, you know what? He's very, very talented. But the thing is, I can't rate someone as a right back if they don't defend as a right back. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but I mm. can't see him as a defender if he doesn't defend and if he's not good at defending. Whenever I look at Trent, I see a midfielder. And when I see technical ability, he's amazing. Top class, generational, 100%. But if you're watching this guy get cooked, I mean, it makes sense because he can't defend. Like That's like, all right, me, when I play football, I play in the midfield as well. If you put me at right back, I'm going to get cooked as well, especially by wingers like that. Like You put him up against any winger that can dribble, Especially that winger that played for Napoli. I don't know if you guys watched that game. The Georgian yeah. uh, left winger. Anyone mm. with skill or, or speed or anything, just tricky business like that, you're going to get cooked. So I don't know. I don't know how to judge him because he's not playing in the position that I think he should be. It's just a system player, to be honest so, with Klopp. So. This is the other thing. Klopp even said this week, he said in a conference where he actually tactically analysed... Um, Trent's positioning and and why Trent gets exposed and why he gets caught out and essentially said I ask for 80% of his game in the opposition third if you see us pressing Trent presses the highest I think there are times where I do feel for Trent the Napoli game I think Joe Gomez actually was at fault for nearly every goal but Trent had a few moments where he didn't sprint back in um I looked at his numbers sprinting wise as well he's actually done more sprints this season than he did last season at this time I think coming backwards he's naturally really leggy because he's genuine he's a genuine box-to-box right back um the problem is coming back into this box it's a lot of hard work because he's spending so much time in the other box i think something that sort of goes unmentioned is the amount of time trent spends on the ball and the amount of passes he plays and the amount of long passes he plays is a very technical very very technical point but his hamstrings will be shot by the end of the game and he has a lot of treatment getting done on his hamstrings all the time i wouldn't be surprised if he pulls a hamstring soon um, I think that contributes to the fact that he doesn't want to do loads of defensive work and it's really hard work for him to get back. But also, I think he's a very forward-thinking defender. So the mm. Napoli game, when Gomez is squabbling with um, the Napoli winger, whose name I do not want to butcher, so I'm not going to give it a go. Um, <laughs> Kavich is his first name. I'm going to go Kavich. That's why I said Georgian, by the way. I was not going to yeah. tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Gomez is, has him in a 1v1 by the byline, if you remember the goal. And Trent's yeah. already thinking... Gomez wins this, gives it to me, and we go. Unfortunately mm. for Trent, Gomez doesn't win it. And then all of a sudden, it looks like Trent stood still. So I think there's moments like that, and he's, he's become a player that people will nitpick um, quite frequently. But there's the obvious problems as well. Defensively, Trossard took him on and he was on deck. Um, and, it went, and when Liverpool are not playing well, Liverpool are not getting results, um, everything looks 110 times worse. Um, Baines, you, you had Wan-Bissaka... At United, well, he's still there to be fair. Um, I don't know what he's doing anymore, but he's he was nicknamed like the Spider. He's a brilliant defender. Say again, so I, I was gonna say he's, he's just about still at United, but but I do like him. Um, of course, I'm, you do, bro. Anyone who's, on the of, <laughs> anyone who's on the fringes of any team you love, um, I can see with them, man. <laughs> you you had Wan Bissaka, who technically wasn't great going forward, was a brilliant defender. Um, where do you sit on Trent? I'll be honest, I made a video the other day saying Trent's underrated defensively. Like, don't Loki agree. 
This season, shocking. Agree. But I personally think you defend as a team. And let's be honest, Liverpool's defensive organisation this season has been shocking as an entire side. I think last season, Trent, I can't read, like, don't get me wrong, there's probably odd games where we got beaten and stuff. But I do think majority of the time he was solid. I think his defensive game from like April 2021 onwards, after Liverpool had those players coming back from injury, massively improved. And I'm just like, every single little time Trent makes a mistake, I just think he's so highlighted. But overall, mm. Last season, he had plenty of good games defensively. I'm like, no one really speaks about it. Like, my personal opinion, I know we may might disagree. Last <laughs> season, I thought he was better defensively than Cancelo, for example. I think Cancelo, for example, defensively will make mistakes. But as soon as Trent makes a mistake, is bang. This is why Southgate don't pick him and stuff. This mm-hmm. is why defensively is one of the worst defenders out there. But I just think this is a bad run of form right now. And obviously, Liverpool's organisation don't help. Obviously, don't get me wrong, Trent, awareness... Still needs to improve. There's still games or parts of his defense again that need to improve, but I don't think he's as bad as people say. I think I think there's a big reason for that though, in terms of the uh Trent's mistakes are highlighted so much. It's because of like it's just the football culture nowadays as well mm. with fans. You got him and Reese James battling for the best right back in England or like in the Premier League and stuff like that. So their fans, if they hear that, they're gonna nitpick at everything. Mm. And watch their heard. games just to see a mistake. We we have heard like Trent is I mean, people have pushed Trent into like greatest right back of all time conversations as well. So, uh, whether it's right or wrong, like people when they that pissed me off. Hear someone, sorry, yeah, sorry, <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> when he's put in conversations like that, people are gonna push extra hard the other way when he's not playing well because how can you have those standards and being put in those conversations? And then if you perform below par, not expect to be cooked, even though like. Sometimes it doesn't exactly. make sense for it. But yeah, yeah that, that's it's one of those things. Like, the thinking behind a lot of it. I think I, that's you just know, you just yeah. go to the extreme, innit? Yeah. You know, I, I, just on trend, I would say, I don't think his game this season, as an individual, has massively changed compared to the seasons where he was actually really good in. I think this season, a little bit, there might be a mentality thing where his head, sort of head's fallen a little bit and he's trying to force passes a little bit. I personally think the flaws that we're seeing now are the same flaws that he's had in the last two or three seasons, same strengths that he's had in the last two or three seasons, he still has them now. The only issue now is I think the system's not suiting him. The system's not working to protect his weaknesses and they're not work the system's not working to uh get the best out of his strengths. When we saw Sadio Mane uh playing in off the left, he'd consistently make these runs into the box and receive Trent's deep crosses. Uh we'd see Robertson on the touchline ready to receive uh, Trent's crossfield switches. Now you have uh, sometimes Robertson running into the box, and and you don't get that same ability to win duels like Mane would. You see Diaz uh, hugging the touchline, who might not uh, be able to or be in the area to receive a crossfield switch the same way uh, Robertson did uh, in the past seasons. You see Henderson losing his legs a little bit, um, and and you see sort of Gomez behind. Uh, or sometimes Matip, who, although Matip's been good, just generally that area around uh, Trent is not covering and not protecting him as much. You have Elliot, who started a lot of the games where Trent was highlighted as being a weak player. But Elliot is inherently an attacking eight. He's a creative midfielder. He plays sometimes on the wing. When you have him there rather than someone like uh, Jordan Henderson and a fit Jordan Henderson, not this version of Jordan Henderson, where although I like him, he's not able to track back and cover like he did a few seasons ago you're leaving Trent so exposed and you're relying on Fabinho basically on his own to come from the middle of the pitch 
and Fabinho's played however many minutes in the last few seasons as well. I think it's just accumulation of all these players playing too many minutes, feeling fatigued, and then this current system and the players within it not suiting uh, and, not, and not being balanced in general. So that way, Trent looks far worse than his actual quality is. I think it's rather than me putting the blame on Trent, because I think he's basically the same player that we've seen over the last years, I would say it's up You're to You're going to put Klopp. on Klopp. Yeah, I, yeah I, I think it's, up, it's, it's on Klopp. I know to... the exact reason, because Klopp yeah. is technically not the guy. He's got no <laughs> tactics. Yeah, yeah, so. And he's a great manager, but management is more than just tactics. But I think in terms of squad building and looking at his team and saying, we need to change something to protect Trent or get the best out of Trent, something has to change. Because the only way this system works going forward is if Liverpool sign players who can do the jobs that the old players used to do because the players now can't do it. With the current players, you have to switch something up. The the other issue he's got is we're in a, like we're eight eight games into this season. I don't I genuinely don't think he's got a right sided midfielder who can protect Trent. Uh who can play ninety minutes. Henderson can't play ninety minutes. Um and he had a stinker this weekend by subbing Elliot and uh, Milner. Milner on for Simicast and Henderson when Liverpool actually had control of the game for five minutes. So I think there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, and also, I think mentality is such a big thing. This team has won every single week for like the last four years, bar obviously the blip in between. But there's the blip in between actually had an explanation. Whereas now people are going, hold on, like we're losing games even though Van Dyke's there, even though Alisson's fit, even though Fabinho's fit, even though we've got centre-backs, even though we've got forwards. And now it's suddenly like, okay, maybe Thiago is the one. And if, if Thiago's fit and you're still losing, all of a sudden people, people are yeah. eventually going to start going, okay, something's going on here. Um, I think losing the finals sure. last season, losing the finals last season. Yeah. Th- I mean, last season they played basically every game available to them, which is minutes in the legs, but then they fell short at the Premier League and they fell short at the Champions League. And after... Is it six seasons of game after game and, and putting all this effort in? If you lose those games and you you fall at the final hurdle there, like I think it's with the same players for, for as long as they've been playing for Liverpool, I think it's really hard for them to, and it's just a human thing, for you to get that motivation and, and play in that same at that same intensity that you have done in the in the past years. Yeah, I think I think people don't talk about the mental mental side of it at all. Um but we will have a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, a little interesting article that has got us thinking. See you in a sec. The Times posted this article the other day. Premier League XI could face Serie A, La Liga and Bundesliga teams in all-star games. So essentially, uh, what this means is an all-star team from each league could potentially go head-to-head against each other. I don't know if it's going to happen. If it does, it's probably going to happen in like USA or Saudi or somewhere where there's loads of money. Um, but just off the top of your head, Baines, if that was to happen, which league do you think would win? So bear in mind, this is all-star teams from each league. So it wouldn't be, it'd be like the Premier League all-star team versus the Bundesliga all-star team versus the La Liga all-star, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's the Prem. I don't want to sound like, it, like the Prem bias and stuff, but <laughs> in my eyes, Man City are the best team in Europe currently. They probably are the best manager in Europe in Pep Guardiola. 
then let's be honest, like Liverpool, obviously going for a sticky patch right now, but are still a very, very good side. I think the only real league I think could contend will probably be La Liga. La Bundesliga heavily obviously dominated by Bayern. I just don't think they will be able to Mbappé beat Neymar. I don't even think... Wait, say that again? Mbappé and Neymar, French league. It, yeah, that's the only... Yeah, maybe, but... It'll just be 11 players from one team. Yeah, it yeah, depends on how many from each team. Yeah, I think you're definitely missing Syria in this. Syria is yeah, proper you. underrated, my bro. Like, thank there's you. there's some ballers in that league, and oh, honest, that's so much. Syria is my second favorite league to watch, but I don't know if it'll be the Premier. Though. I don't want to sound like a Prem and bias either. Though. You know okay, what? Okay, very quickly, let's let's name our Prem eleven very very quickly. I'll, I'll, I'll name mine if there's any that any that stand well, out. We're doing like a like max three plays from one club. No, we ain't got time for that. This is just Premier League All-Star. Just whack in whoever you want. Face, face, face. I reckon it's basically Alisson in goal. Your right yeah. backs, one of Trent, Cancelo, um, or James. James. Uh, centre-backs probably... Van Dijk, Diaz. Yeah, no, we need Van Dijk, Diaz. We're not playing Van Dijk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Left back Thiago Silva's not getting in a Premier League All Star eleven. Get out of here, bro. Um, left back, you pro- maybe you play Cancelo. Left back, um, midfield free De Bruyne. You need someone sitting. I'd probably play Rodri, Ronaldo, Casemiro. He's in the Premier League. Just Silva as well. I'd put Silva in as well. Yeah, man. Yeah, just Silva. The Man City midfield is just a Man City midfield. Honestly, that's their key. And then Haaland, obviously through the middle. Son, Jesus man. can play off the right. No, no I, to be fair, sorry, I say Son not based off performance, but because I still think he's absolutely world class. I still think he's the yeah, best. Yeah, I've got Kane Kane. I don't think Son, Son is world class even. I think he is. That man. is easily. Someone clipped that. That's wild. <laughs> I think Son <laughs> is a world class finisher. One, I think Son's one of the best finishers the Premier League's ever seen. I look at his rest of his rest ever of the game. I'm like, he's up. Awesome. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. No. Yeah, Wait, I, I, I think so. <laughs> I feel like there's three different parts of that sentence and everyone's disagreeing on a different bit of it. Let's start from the top. So you don't think you don't think he's world class? No, sorry, you're saying he's, he, he isn't world class, right? Yeah, I think he's a world class finisher. The rest of his game, I don't look and say he's anything special. Like him against but, Arsenal, but for Jack, example. Jack doesn't, doesn't even think he's a world class finisher. No, no, no. I said, uh, no, he's a world-class finisher, 100%. He just oh, okay. said the best we've ever seen. Like one of the I think, best. Yeah, I think that's what he disagreed. I, I, think, I think he's one of the best oh, okay, finishers he's ever seen. Yeah. I would agree with that as well. Wait, like, the rest how, of his game, I how, think wait, how very, big is your list of ever? Because like, if we're saying like... Okay, to be fair, yeah. I'm a little younger than everyone else in it, but... You know what I mean? I like, he's he's one there. of the best. No, he's, he's definitely up there. Two, he can shoot on two feet and he overperforms his XG basically across his entire Massive. career. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ever is like, are we talking like top five? Because that's like a bit. We probably got two in the league right now who are better in front of goal than him. It's not better in front of goal. It's just about like who's a better like finisher in chances that they shouldn't be bagging or like most people wouldn't bagging. And I I would put. Well, to be fair, Son. Yeah, Son misses a lot of chances for Spurs as well. Like a lot that he he should be scoring, but But like compare him to. The top ten strikers in the like, that when I think of their finishing, like he's nowhere near. So I, I don't know. No, I, I would definitely put him no, alongside them guys. Holland and Son. Any single finisher, you think or Son competes with? Yeah, I would agree. Holland. 
yeah, I, I think Haaland's better, but I think Haaland and Son are like top two. Kane as well, probably. Yeah. I think I, I put Son okay. above Kane. Okay, so you're saying like, so you're saying your list was ever, you just named two in a, in this season. Not better than no, no, yeah, I only name Haaland right now. No, but I'm saying All those three right, so. can be, like if those three might be in the top 10. I, I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't disagree that um, Son's a world-class finisher. The first part of your sentence that like he's not a world-class player is quite crazy to me because I, f- I feel like he is. I would say he is. It just depends on system. But in the right system, he, he he's one of the best players you can have in a counter-attacking system. For me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that. And, and Bro, Bain, <laughs> you should know this, man. United play counter-attacking football. I don't get me wrong. Son would be perfect for us, kind of, <laughs> isn't it, on the left side? <laughs> Well, of course I want him but I still stick with my opinion I think he's a world class finisher but I don't think his overall game is anything special it's not even anything special I think he's below par I, I love that this has turned into like which all star team would beat another all star team to Son is this and Son is that but Son might be this and might not be that um, is, there, is there any league actually to be fair Jad you're an AC Milan fan do you think realistically Serie A could build an 11 man team with the right manager to compete with the Premier League eleven or La Liga eleven to compete a hundred percent. I think, I think I'd put them above La Liga. I think that might be a bit wild to say, but I do prefer it to La Liga. I think there's so many technical ballers in the Serie A from smaller teams that get overlooked a lot because a lot of people don't watch the league. But mm. I mean, Charles there's a lot of teams. There's a <laughs> there's a lot. He's a baller as well. I love yeah, he's cool. He is. He is. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of teams in Serie A that compete as well. Like, it's not always... Uh, I mean, it was for years where Juve just kept winning it. But now, it's very competitive. I mean, we've got Napoli top of the league, Atalanta joint top. So, like, there's players all over. And I think if you put a best 11, besides La Liga, you would see what I'm talking about. I don't think they compete with the Prem, though. I think it's easily the Prem. I, I will see. Mm. I'll, put, I'll put a vote for... Well, it depends how many you're allowed from each team, but I will put a vote for La Liga. I think the way that they play in La Liga, a lot of the teams and players within La Liga, they play in a similar style. Like, there's a culture that, that goes... I mean, there's a culture that goes throughout most countries, but the culture within Spain and the way that they play with each other uh, and, and the technical quality that they have, like, that game is predicated on technical ability. Um, and I think that usually... Um, surpasses like any sort of physicality or any sort of um like it betters most other styles of football i think in the champions league we often see spanish teams come up against premier league teams and uh like the premier league teams are often the favorite teams but the spanish teams usually have a great record um and and beat the the english teams quite a lot of the time so i do think i mean if you look at the the Real Madrid midfielders, for example, or you look at Vinicius, Benzema, you look at sort of um, Villarreal, like yeah, Barcelona side now. Um, I, the the only question I would have is like, would the um, actually no, but I was going to say the defenders, but then you have like Atletico Madrid's defenders as well. Like, I think I would put a vote for. Um, I mean, between the Premier La Liga, but I, w- I would say it's important to give them a mention La Liga there. I'm not going to lie. Midfield three of Pedri, uh, Cruz or Modric or Pedri and Modric basically any men, other Pedri. two Madrid yeah. midfielders. Um, yeah, I'll probably put my vote in for the Premier League, but I can't lie. I would actually tip Serie A, you know, if Chiesa was fully fit, for example, 
Um, in my opinion, like if he comes back and he's exactly like he was before, I don't think he will actually because his ACL injury is taking him ages to recover from. But in a year's time, like he, you're going to be talking about this guy as a Ballon d'Or contender because he's abs- he's un- absolutely unbelievable. Um, the only thing, the only, thing, only reason why I probably tip La Liga is because you have Carlo Ancelotti as manager, and he's just he can I'm manage good. anyone. He can manage like it don't matter how big or small your ego is, he can manage you. Um, I just want to hug him. Every time I see him, I just want to hug him. Very um quickly put it out there. I really didn't think Carlo was the guy to have like a big sig in his mouth and all of that. Like I really <laughs> thought he was much more like Italian mafia than like that whole thing that I've seen about him, but you know, that's just me. Um before game. we leave you as all go on, sorry, what are you saying, man? I just wanted to say he's a legend of the game, man. Amir's list of legends of the game is Apart from Carl Ancelotti, everyone else who's on the fringes of any club going. <laughs> you know what? Um, I'm a loving guy, man. Yeah, clearly. You only love things that are down. You don't love anything that's up. <laughs> I'm trying to bring them up with it. I'm a supportive guy. <laughs> I love it. Um, as always, we'll leave you with an icebreaker, which uh, I'm so... I'm getting bored of saying this, but one day this pod will be so well known, I won't have to say this, but essentially we give you an icebreaker we give you a question which we then put out on social media then you give us the answers on social media and we discuss them at the start of the following episode so this one is very very simple but very tasty as ever who will be the first millennial i.e born in 2000 and after to win the ballon d'or which player will that be right that is all for episode 12 i want to say um omer baines Jad, thank you very much. Uh, also, Amir has just launched his own podcast, uh, which hopefully doesn't rival with ours, because if it does, um, then this yeah, like out. But if you haven't listened to Hey, listen, first episode of Mark Goldbridge, I feel like we're already we're already enemies. Um, <laughs> uh, go check it out. It is called And Again, which I think is very easy actually to find um, on Spotify or, or all of the podcast platforms that you use. And of course, if you're new to our podcast, the No Ratings Pod, then make sure you give it a like or a follow, or if you're finding us on social media then make sure you go and give us a follow on there as well and we'll see you in episode 13「ビオレ」のシミ予防を目指すプレミアムプレミアムは新型コロナウイルスによる感染症状
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 